we need to be lifelong learners and we need to approach life as servant leaders with coachability and consistent humility. So I would just ask, how can I help you? How much can a 30-minute conversation with the right person change your life, career, mindset, and actions? Asking questions and listening to learn has taken me around the world and through two master's degrees. I'm Rob, a learn-it-all voicing a growth mindset and working with my podcast team to share perspectives that empower listeners who believe there's more to all of our stories. These relatable coffee chats are the fun, fast, and free way to laugh, learn, and look back while we witness purpose and direction for making our own way with heart and hard work. Heart, hard work, action. And we're live. We're back here with John Binkley, president and founder of CRG Search. Uh, so glad you could be here today, John. It's great to be here, Rob. I'm pumped. So we, this is a coffee chat, but of all things, I didn't have my coffee today because I was running. So <laughs> I'm going to take my moment to pause and reflect uh, and just, just to throw that in there and take a sip. But what are you drinking today? Well, I, I had my coffee early this morning. Now that it's noon my time, I'm drinking my uh, Mountain Valley spring water. But uh, this morning, I definitely kicked my day off with my favorite coffee, which is high octane bulletproof coffee with the actual uh, suggested grass-fed butter and uh, MCT oil. So I go all out for my uh, for my coffee in the morning. But uh, it's, it's, since it's noon my time, I've, I've cut that off and I'm now just sipping on some spring water. Nice. Well, that's one of the best things that I love about the podcast is it gives us the ability to spread these conversations with people, whether they're having their morning coffee, driving to work, coming home, about to go to the gym, whatever it might be, it's a chance to get a chance to learn from someone and and learn from someone like yourself. So before I get to introduce you, I really want to know the first question that we always ask is, how do you want to be witnessed? And it's because we really want to strive to bridge the gap between how others see us and how we you know see ourselves and how we display ourselves. So to empower our guests and listeners, we'd love to hear, how do you want to be witnessed, John? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm glad that you asked me that question prior to the podcast so I could uh, reflect on it and and really put some thought into it. So I'm just gonna go ahead and read what I wrote. I strive to be a purpose-driven servant leader with unwavering integrity, empathy, humility, resilience, positive energy, a growth mindset, and a tenacious work ethic who brings the light and drives back the darkness in my family, my work, and my community. Right on. And if I had a coffee, I'd be taking a sip. Right <laughs> That's Those are so many values that so many of us can relate to in the way that we do wish that we can come across and that we could be witnessed and seen uh, from that third point of view, third person point of view. John Binkley is the president and founder of CRG Search. He has over 20 years of executive search experience, has been ranked at top 1% recruiter for over 15 years and currently leads a team that has filled over 4,000 executive searches. John holds a BS in organizational communication and MA in an MA in theology and will begin his PhD in leadership this fall. John has been married for 24 years, has four children, and is a foster parent. Some of his philanthropic endeavors include foster care, the Wounded Warrior Project, Compassion International, Habitat for Humanity, and Samaritan's Purse, just to name a few. <laughs> John enjoys time with family, working out, trail runs, reading, philosophy, and theology, prayer, 
as well as the great outdoors. What an introduction. I'm glad that I get to give that to you. John, I believe we have something to learn from everyone. And I think that listeners have a massive amount to learn from you throughout this coffee chat. I'm humbled and honored. It's great to be here, Ron. Sweet. Really looking forward to it. So now we're going to throw you in a hot seat. We're going to get to you more as a person. We're going to ask you some fun questions. These I like to use as the foundation of relationship building, as questions are. So personal is the uh, foundation for professional. John, yep. you ready? Let's do it, man. Okay. Two minutes in the hot seat. And what is your favorite quote? Luke 2.52. It's a reference from the Second Testament in the Bible, and it says that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and in favor with man. I think regardless where one's at in their journey, spiritually or otherwise, uh, we can all agree that he was absolutely an optimal human being. And I believe that passage captures why. What is a food that you never get tired of? Grass-fed steak. <laughs> what is your pet peeve? Gossip. What's a song that empowers you? Boom. By P.O.D. I'm dating myself a bit. I'm not sure if you even know what that, <laughs> know what that song is. I got to be honest, I'm not exactly sure which one that is. Would you rather have chunky or smooth peanut butter? Smooth. Oof, that's going to be, okay, we won't hold that against you. Regular or sweet potatoes? Sweet. All right, you earned it back. Dog or cat person? Both. Okay, that's kind of a cheating answer. But <laughs> What's your life mantra? Life mantra, bring the light. Bring the light. If you're stuck on an island, what book would you bring? The Bible. That's not bad. Uh, would you rather be on a mountain, beach, or jungle vacation? Mountain. Okay. And if you had to sing one karaoke song to s save your life, what would it be? Probably U240. Again, dating myself. <laughs> okay. Would you sing it for us right now? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so. What's your real life superpower? compartmentalization nice and what is a fake superpower that you wish you had the ability to fly all right we've had a couple flies on here we've had a yeah, few reports <laughs> not bad so moving out of the hot seat john like i said we have a ton to learn from you on this show we laugh we learn we look back as we get into levels of connection and reflection so i really want to hear from you those top three lessons like mm -hmm. we're all in this pursuit you have we have so much to learn from your leadership what are the top three things that have made a difference for you or really changed the way you think and had a vivid impact on your career? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so first, apply extreme ownership mm. and self-discipline to your personal finances immediately. <laughs> Don't wait. And uh, I speak from experience. Uh, really, these three examples I'm going to share are learning from my mistakes. So uh, I didn't. I did not take that advice, Rob. That when um, when it was offered to me, I was fresh out of college. I was ready to take on the world. I was provided fantastic wealth management and uh, personal finance advice from a mentor. And because I was 21, I felt like I had plenty of time to work on that. And uh, um, and I'll, I'll get to it when it's when it becomes important as I get older in life. Um, so I, in turn, followed the path of most Americans, barely saving, accumulating debt, living paycheck to paycheck. And it worked because I was a high income earner, making more year over year. And then it happened. Mm. The Great Recession of 2008, 2009. 
and my income was reduced by 70%. Yeah, 70%. And I wasn't, I was not ready. I had, I had a little bit of money in savings, but I was not ready for a 70% reduction in income, particularly since I had a family to provide for, had a mortgage, had a stay-at-home mom, had two children, two foster children, a cat and a dog, back to why I like them both. And um, I had to, uh, in order to provide for my family, I had to, in order to bridge the gap somewhat, not completely, during that period of about two years, I had to go find multiple jobs. I actually had three to four jobs at any given time during that period. And I still wasn't able to bridge the 70%, but I was able to make enough to provide for my family during those lean times. So here's the takeaway. Um, again, as I said, apply extreme ownership and self-discipline to your personal finances immediately. I believe one real practical application would be to follow Dave Ramsey's baby steps. Are you familiar with Dave Ramsey, Rob? Uh, I, I believe I am. And I'm, I think I have them here in, in our notes and I'm going to reflect on them if that's cool. And just, yeah, because these are, this is so great. And I love that you made it actionable and I love that you brought in extreme ownership to finances. I think you got to, we got to have extreme ownership. You got Jocko Willink, put that yeah, in everything. Right? So that would be my first sip. <laughs> you're riding along, take a sip and reflect on how you're going to make this actionable. But I mean, step one, save a thousand dollars in an emergency fund. Step yep. two, pay off all debt. Step three, save six, save three to six months of expenses in an emergency fund. Step four, invest 15% of your household income for retirement. Step five, save for your children's college fund. Step six, pay off your home early. Step seven, build wealth and give. And I'll, I'm going to include those in the notes so that they can come back and after they're, if they're driving, they can, they, you know, don't stop to read them right now. You can look at them at, and at your own pace later on, but those are great. And I love that you've made finances so actionable and you've brought that into this conversation, which we're always focused on action and how do we not just talk about it, but then go do. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm so glad that you, that you walk through those seven steps. Again, these are not uh, steps that were necessarily created by Dave. Uh, these steps can be found via most, I would say, reputable financial planners. Uh, what's interesting about Dave Ramsey is he's, he's figured out a way to kind of package personal finance in an engaging way. He's got a, he's a best-selling author. He's got a great podcast. Um, but what's great about him is his story he, he took a different path and in his 20s, and I know that's one of the targets here of, uh, of this podcast, he actually uh, pursued his dream and became a millionaire. Mm. He, uh, he ended up having, um, um, I believe, a net worth of a million dollars. He secured $4 million, but had $3 million in debt. And then what happened was there was a change uh, in the administration and a change in financial laws. And... He very quickly went from having $4 million and $3 million in debt to having $3 million in debt Oof. because the bank called the note home. Imagine that. Right. And so uh, he was a, he was a uh, significantly in debt. And, uh, what, and so as a result, um, he needed to develop a plan and a strategy to, uh, to get out of debt and, and, and provide for his family in a, in a, a, a more effective manner. Uh, fast forward 25 years later, his net worth is now $200 million and he's debt free. Mm -hmm. So he's got street cred. 
Yeah. And uh, he's got two great books that I'd recommend. I think we're going to put those in the podcast notes at the end. Yeah. One is the total money makeover. And that's just kind of the, the how to, um, how, how to accomplish uh, a similar, um, you know, kind of similar wealth building and family management. And there's another one that I just read. It's his newest book called Baby Step Millionaires. Wow. Uh, and, that, and that's actually uh, the path to uh, becoming a millionaire and, and continuing to build on that. Right. Wow. And, and you, you just alluded to your, your third takeaway. Technically, you had, you had three, <laughs> but I can already tell that this is going to be a multiple podcast. We've got so much bounty of, of overflowing information. We're going to have to welcome you back. For this coffee chat, you started to talk about only taking advice from people with street cred. And yeah. it's going to be a little bit of a fun teaser. We're going to save that, uh, that second reflection. So, But can you tell us a little bit more about the only taking advice from people with street cred, what that's meant to you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, during the first uh, 10 years of my uh, professional life, I was inundated with well-meaning self-appointed mentors who wanted to offer me unsolicited advice on everything from investing to personal finance, to marriage, to parenting, to career choices, to fitness, you name it. I'm sure you are experiencing that right now, Rob, as are your listeners. And it actually doesn't stop. I'm 50. Well, <laughs> why, is anyone li- why is anyone listening to me? But that's... <laughs> I think this is so aligned because there's no, like me, I'm just here trying to listen to learn from yep. people with street cred. And I wanted to make it possible to share that learning experience because it's not easy to just ask the questions. It's right. not easy to get access to the mentors. We wish we had more time. We wish we had more resources. We wish you could just sit around and read yeah. books. I mean, it, like we just don't, we have limited time. So how can I share my mind trying to learn from you and make it accessible? Because we have so much to learn from these people. Well, and that's the whole part of, you know, that's, that's really the, the philosophy of your podcast, which is why when you reached out to me, I was, I was honored and humbled and excited to participate because you're doing it. You're trying to bring folks in with street cred that can provide um, some, uh, some life uh, application, some life coaching, if you will, along the Thank way. But, yeah. So the, the takeaway is really, um, you know, I share, I share this with my kids as well. Um, you're going to, we're, we're always going to be offered unsolicited advice. It's just, that's just life. Sure and and, and the, the, the takeaway here, Rob, is to is we just need to pause and we need to look at that person's life and ask ourselves the question, has that person earned the right to speak that truth into my life? Mm-hmm. Do they have street cred? We can't separate the message from the messenger, in other words. Right. So if somebody's giving us personal financial advice. We need to look at their personal financial wealth and, and health, if you will. And if their financial house is um, is a disaster, that's not that's not somebody that would be a good resource for us. Uh, if somebody is providing fitness advice, we need to look at their life. You know, are they are they living uh, living their life optimally? Um, you know, in, in, you know, physically, if you will, and right. what they're putting in their body and how they're training their body and so forth. So, uh, yeah, that was absolutely one of my, one of the, the, the life lessons that I've learned that I, I think would be very helpful is to only take advice from folks with street cred. Right. I mean, and, and in, on this, something my dad always used to say is listen to everyone, but then you, you got to make the decision. So yeah. I think that that's well, super important. It's like, yeah, you have something you can listen. You don't lose anything from listening except maybe time. Right. So, you have the opportunity to listen to someone with great expertise and great street cred like yourself. Let's take it and then go make the decisions that are best for you. But be careful before you 
run wildly with anything that anyone tells you, especially, especially on well this said. podcast. You know, well even though you're giving this great advice, it may not be right for you. You might have to find Absolutely. a way to activate it for yourself. And Absolutely. to activate it for yourself talks about that second most important takeaway for you when you talk about finding professional yes. self-actualization. So how yeah. do you how do you do that if you're taking yeah, man. from everyone else? Oh, that's that's this is such an important one. This kind of falls in the lane of what I do professionally. Um, yeah, the, the second point here, the second life lesson is to passionately pursue professional self-actualization. And um, there's a lot that can be said about this, but for the sake of brevity, I'd like to recommend another book. You got it. It's a book called What Covers Your Parachute by Richard Nelson Bowles. It has been in print since 1970, been revised annually since 1975. It is the world's most popular job hunting guide intended for job seekers. Rob, I've been recommending this book for over 22 years to everyone from an entry-level engineer to a CEO, and I receive the same feedback each and every time. Thank you. Mm. Life-changing. And um, a couple accolades about the book. Uh, you know, it was uh, um, the U.S. Department of Labor chose the book as, as number, one of the number one books that shaped the world since 1758. Whoa. <laughs> I I'm just this whole time. If I had a coffee, I would just, I mean, just, just thinking like, I got to go read this book. <laughs> time magazine, 100 all time best books since 1923. Uh, and he has been attributed with founding the modern career counseling uh, movement. And uh, let yeah. me first go, say that I'm not, I don't get any type of royalties on any of these suggestions I'm making, but uh, this is one that I've actually personally read multiple times. I, 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 I recommend it almost daily in my line of work. And uh, ultimately, the book is designed to help us identify what, how we've been uniquely created, how we are uniquely designed, mm. uh, and how to find a career that will ultimately optimize that, capitalize mm. on that, and uh, create fulfillment and joy in our profession, which in turn will set us up to succeed because we're going to love doing what we're doing. That's awesome. I'm, I'm really glad that you brought it in and it's perfect the way that you introduced it as a resource for furthering this conversation because we realized that this podcast, we don't have time to just talk for the six hours that, you know, people are like, wow, this guy could really talk. Like I could sit here and go off with you about this, uh, but to, to, to hear about how this book has meant to you, the pitch you gave to it, you've already given us a bunch of results and statistics. It's almost like you, you got the head start on the star story that we're going to transition to in a second, but uh, just just to think about how we can have access to these real these resources moving forward. And a lot of people talk about self-actualization and it it can kind of sound like bullshit, right? It can yeah, right, like, sure. It's like what like you know, like and, yep. and the reason for that is is if you can't get to towards that area, right? We have Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yes. Up at the top is self-actualization. If you're not near that and you're you're only able to focus on where you are and you can't see the connection with what I like to do is take Maslow's pyramid, flip it upside down and think about levels of depth in your action. And yeah. you think about what you get in, you get directly, you get indirectly, others get directly and what others get indirectly. And mm -hmm. in this framework, I explained on a couple of different episodes, but through looking at it this way, it allows me to have the intentionality in my actions to say, when I'm doing this, I, it's not just self-actualization to see how it's all deeply rooted 
in our evolution, in our psychology, in the way that we've come together as social creatures to say, when I am operating in this space, I'm cultivating something better for everyone and fulfilling everything that comes before that. It's not easy to do until you have those prior needs fulfilled. But I I can imagine, I haven't read this book yet, but I'm going to run out and go grab it after this. Um, And I really, now I want to transition to a star story, which you got a head start on before because you started telling an awesome story filled with details filled with results, filled with quantifiable metrics, all things that you want to tell and want to pull out in the story. But for our listeners that don't realize that, but can reflect on it and be more conscious of it in business interviews and in communication in general, uh, uh, candidates are asked and expected to present two minute star stories, especially right. news, right? Situation, task, action, results. And this makes it clear and relevant and the core information is accessible. Now, on this show, John, obviously you're an expert. Normally, folks have never told the story before. They haven't had to do it in 20 years. So it's going to be <laughs> cool because we have a lot to learn from you. The, the, the story that I wanted you to tell so that our listeners can witness and emulate how someone with phenomenal leadership experience would do it. And then we can reflect and strengthen it together. The story I'd like you to, t- to tell us is to tell us a little bit more about an experience when you had to manage up with a mm-hmm. difficult boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. The Harvard Business Review published a great article entitled Managing Your Boss years ago that has become a classic. We should put that also in the, um, in the podcast notes. It's a must read for all professionals. But here's an example from my own life. So I started in the recruiting business 21 years ago. I joined a top 10 recruiting firm for the second largest recruiting firm in the world. The managing partner of that particular branch that I worked for was an absolute legend in the recruiting business and had been a thought leader in the industry for over 20 years. And he still personally trained all new hires. Wow. Remarkable. And he trained me to sell our services and find candidates in a way that had been successful for over 30 years in the business and certainly 20 years for his firm. However, there was a challenge that I was presented the way that I was being told to sell our services and find candidates, I felt was unethical. Mm. We'll call it in in the terms of kind of business ethics. Mm -hmm. And listen, in his defense at the time, that was the established method of all leading search firms. It was just how it was done. So I had a dilemma. And what I chose to do, it's a, it's a life lesson that we can maybe add to number four, but when pre- presented a dilemma, you don't complain about it. You find a solution and then you present that solution as a, as a, as a strategy to, to manage the dilemma or to solve the problem, if you will. Right. So I did just that. I chose to develop an alternative approach to selling our services and finding candidates that was ethical. And I asked for permission to use that approach. And I had to manage up. I had to really sell this idea and sell that it would work. Mm -hmm. And there'd be a fantastic ROI on, on the back end. And he pondered it, reflected on it, challenged I, I, I was resolved and resilient. And then he ultimately agreed to allow me to try this method. He said, however, if I didn't make my quote in 90 days, I'd be fired. 
So it better work. And that, that was, that was the test, Rob. You know, I had a family at home to provide for and, and the pressure was real. Uh, 90 days later, I set a record, filled nine searches in 90 days, went on to be rookie of the year, number one recruiter in the firm, number one in the region, top 10 out of 5,000 worldwide. And I was outperforming the other recruiters in the practice fourfold. Consequently, the managing partner asked me to coach the entire firm on, co on converting to this new method of sales and recruiting that I developed. And as a result, once everybody started adopting this particular method, we experienced explosive growth, became known as a recruiting firm with unwavering integrity, and conversely, secured more business as a result. Like, if, if I was drinking a coffee right now, I would just chug it. <laughs> <laughs> Like we gotta, I gotta talk to my amazing podcast team and figure out how we put like the rock and sound effects and just like, <laughs> um, John, how'd you feel about telling that story? The, the delivery. Yeah, no, I, I, I listen. I think the star method's a great method because it's back to what we uh, we mentioned earlier. You know, one of the questions that you would ask me early on that we didn't touch on is, you know, what what are the top skills that people in my profession, recruiters, are looking for? Yeah, and those are character, leadership cultural fit, professional chemistry, relevant experience, and relevant education. A star story provides you an opportunity to demonstrate those six core things that we are looking for right. in first-round draft picks in an ideal candidate. Uh, absolutely. I, I think you did a stellar job of delivering that, especially with your energy and your passion and the enthusiasm, which is energy and the purpose um, you used quantifiable metrics. It made it, it makes it really tangible to, to view those results at the end. You, you talked about the action, you, you really laid on the pressure throughout, which the pressure. So the star, the thing that this was always my, um, my conflict with the star format is it teaches you like, this is exactly what you need to put into it, but it doesn't make it a good story right. because this, a good story follows a storyline. And so yep. you talked about the pressure, not even just in the beginning, but at the end too. And you set the context, like I had 90 days to prove that this worked. Um, I really like you staged the situation of, of how this made you uncomfortable. And this was an important conflict and you had to make this decision. It made, it's very real. And then you talked about the action, of course, on this love the action and that you were focused on the solution but not just that you had an idea and that it worked, but that you had to deliver it, talk about ROI, talk about it in terms of the, the communication on the level that your leader is focused on. He, he you know, he clearly doesn't care if, if, if this was the, the running thing of the time, you had to put it in terms and communicate to him in what he was trying to communicate with dollars and cents, you know, right. if it don't make dollars, don't make sense. Yeah. Um, so well just yeah. really, really yeah. well articulated. And then I love that you, that you talk about those, those results at the end, you know, filling nine searches in 90 days, number one in the firm, number one in the region, top 10 in, out of five, uh, 5,000 recruiters, rookie of the year, like shout out to you. And then just to tie it all together, like I, I really liked that you talked about like the consequences and the moving forward. And, and you, did, you didn't say this explicitly and, and I didn't tell you to, but you can tell me if you think it's not. I really like when someone finishes their story and then they reflect and strengthen on it and they talk about how this has set the tone for everything that they do in their leadership moving forward. You oh, said that all throughout your story. I just think for our listeners to keep in mind too, that's something that you can do. Talk about how you took this as a story and yeah. it set the tone for your leadership moving forward. Well said, agreed. Okay, coming from the coming from the founder and CEO, the expert. So, um, 
just outstanding story, John. Uh, truly, we have learned so much from you in this short amount of time. I think we're we're almost out of coffee over here <laughs> in my imaginary cup. Um, but I, I, before we leave, I'd like one question for reflection that you'd like to pose to our LinkedIn heart and hard worker community. Yeah, the question that I would pose is just how can I help you? So um, I um, I absolutely attribute the success that I've had in my life, both personally and professionally, to mentors that have come alongside me and and continue to come alongside me. It, it, we need to be lifelong learners and we need to approach life as servant leaders with coachability and consistent humility. So I would just ask, how can I help you? Please, um, we'll include my contact information at the end of this uh, podcast. Right. Email me, email me, message me on LinkedIn. That's how Rob and I ultimately connected. That was Rob's approach. Just let me know how I can help you. And I, that is my favorite thing to do is to help others. So let me know how I can help you. I'd be glad to come alongside and I love know, that. join you in this journey of life and maybe share some experience, uh, share along the way. I love that. And then the, our LinkedIn heart and hard worker community can think, how can they help someone else and reflect on that? Awesome. Like you love said, that. that's, that's exactly how we have connected that's been the foundation of my professional development is just thinking I'm going to help people until this becomes a skill and then I become a master at helping people and and just the learning that I've done through that process is leading by helping being a giver and it's you can it's evident by the amount of resources that you provided throughout this podcast already and when I asked you ahead of time can you provide us with at least one helpful resource you gave me six books two podcasts and two links to one to your website, one to your LinkedIn. So it's it's very obvious how much it how much helping others has become a part of you, and how much you're reading you're leaning into that actualization, at, you know, in that level of depth. So we're going to include those books, everything we hey. talked about, John. It's been a pleasure to get to put you into the the hot seat and laugh with you. It's been a, so rewarding to learn with you. Your top takeaways: managing finances. Uh, the, the, the third one that we jumped to instead of the second one, but, you know, from managing finances to actually paying attention to street cred and then really working towards that actualization in that level. And, and like you said, you summed it up in your story about dealing and managing with a difficult boss. And finally, the question that you posed, how can I help you in this conversation in life beyond this, this conversation is going to spread well beyond the fixed walls and to every listener. So, so John, thanks for giving us the opportunity to learn with and from you. Rob, it's been my pleasure. Had a lot of fun. Please help us empower more people and share these conversations by following, liking, and commenting on our Heart and Hard Work community LinkedIn page. Your support, reflections, and feedback help us build more together and remind us of how much is possible when we take action with heart and hard work. The one potential name that the episode might be that encapsulates the theme and what we'll talk about. The template name says, Rob Maloney, wish he knew all these things before he started, but he made <laughs> these mistakes so you can learn from them. As if that was an episode. So... <laughs> And then, you know, every time I have a conversation, I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? There was a headache here. Maybe I can fix that and make it more streamlined, maybe yeah, preparing, man. preparing well, right? Yeah. Uh, beforehand. So prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> well said, man. Good stuff. <laughs>